Bless up, boys and girls. We back at it, man. Glory to God. We just going with the cold open today. Hey, uh, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. And uh, look, man, seriously, give all the glory to God. He brought us out of Babylon. He's the one that's doing the work. We just the messengers, okay? We just the messengers. We just out here trying to glorify him and everything that we do, because that's what we're supposed to do. Go out there and save a soul for the kingdom today, and uh, just keep your head up, all right? Keep your head up, because uh, better days are coming. Everything is getting better. Uh, solo tonight, this morning, whenever it might be, uh, and I hope that y'all are doing very well. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, let's just talk about the journey and what we're all on, what we're all doing, and why we're here, okay? You know, we got to seek God's glory. We got to seek his righteousness. We have to seek his kingdom, okay? Matthew 6.33, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. What's that mean? I mean, that's the first stop. In order to get where we need to go, we need to first seek Christ's kingdom. Okay, we need to seek the kingdom and seek his righteousness. And I'm going to just give you guys a little bit of a story, being that today is the, uh, listen, today is very special to me. It's my three-year sobriety date. Okay, this is the day that one of the one of the days that God worked so hard in my life to pull me out of what I had was trying to do alone. Okay, because I couldn't do it alone. I tried to get sober several times. All right, I try to get sober. I go through these little spells, and if y'all been listening for a while, you guys have probably heard the story before. But guess what? Doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna tell you again. I've tried to do it before. Try to get sober. Tried to walk away from it. Tried to do these little little sabbaticals, these little spells where I wouldn't drink. Didn't work. I'd always fall back, always backslide because I didn't have a good foundation. Okay. So you got to have a good foundation. Christ is the rock. So what is the foundation? You know, when you think about it, what is the foundation? It's the first thing that you build. It is the first thing that you put down to build a solid house. Okay. So you have to seek first a solid foundation. Well, Christ is the foundation, right? Let's take a look at Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Matthew 7 is full of uh, some good stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the better, to, to in context with what we're talking about, the wise and the foolish builders. Therefore, anyone who hears the words of mine, this is Christ, and puts them into practice is like the wise men who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Okay? Here's the thing. Seek for, and, and it's, and it's, no coincidence that word does not exist in the Bible. Okay, first of all, but you know, first it says, "Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you." Okay, so when you seek first His kingdom, you are building on that rock. You are building on Christ's kingdom. You are building on what He has promised. Okay, and when your foundation is rooted in that, remember what it says in Proverbs. I believe it's Proverbs twenty-two six: "Teach a child up in the way that he should go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it." So you're building them up in the strong foundation. Okay. You're building them up in that strong foundation and that's on the rock. Okay. So you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. So that's your foundation, Christ's righteousness, Christ's kingdom. When you're on that foundation and you're building on it, you're going to get better results because your foundation is sturdy. It's not going to fall. Okay. Case in point with my sobriety. Now 
I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine the other day, just trying to sharpen up, see what was going on. And uh, we were led down the path of maybe my testimony will not resonate with everyone else. Okay. Someone who, who, who needs to be pulled out of Babylon. So for anybody that's hearing this and has never uh, had a, the stronghold in your life might not be addiction. Okay. Let me tell you something. We're going to break this down real quick and we're going to put this to bed because my testimony is God's way of working through me. First of all, okay. He's working through me. He's showing that he did something great in me and that he will do the same in you. But you're saying to yourself, well, see, I'm, I'm not a drunk. I'm not an addict. I don't have problems like that. Okay. You know, congratulations. First of all, thank you. Um, there was only one perfect person and they, they crucified him several thousand years ago. So let's just, let's just move past it. Okay. You ain't perfect. You've got your own things. And here's the thing. It's not that I was a drunk. It's that I was disobedient. It's that I was disobedient to God's word. It's that I was disobedient and I was operating in a sinful lifestyle. Okay. Because here's the thing, the fall it's in Genesis. It's in chapter three. It's the third book. It's the third chapter of the Bible. We messed up in the beginning. Okay. Adam and Eve's biggest thing wasn't, it was, but we need to get to the root cause of it. Okay. We need to get to the root cause of why they ate the apple, why they ate the, from the tree of knowledge. Okay. Because people say, well, they, they ate the, they ate the fruit from the tree of knowledge and that's why. Okay. Yes. But let's just break it down a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper on it. Let's go one layer deeper. They sinned. They disobeyed God's word. They disobeyed God's command. If you think about it, in the beginning, all God said was, do not eat from this tree. One thing. That's what he told them. He said, you can eat from freely in the garden, but do not eat from this tree. And then the serpent came. He, uh, he hit Eve with the okie doke and said, well, surely you won't die if you eat it. Um, Eve took it, ate it, gave it to Adam. He ate it. Boom. The rest is history. So that's what I'm trying to get across here is that it's disobedience. We all, we are all, if we're not saved, if we're not born again, if we're not in Christ, if we are not living to the best of our abilities, repenting, living to the best of our abilities to God's word, we are operating in disobedience. And we are when we are disobedient, we are violating God's law. We are sinning, okay? We all know what the wages of sin are. Everybody, who wants to say it with me? The wages of sin are death, okay? I believe that's Romans. I believe it's 623. We can do a fact check on it. If anybody sees differently, let me know, and uh, maybe we'll go back and correct this in post-production. But that's the point, folks. My testimony is not about me being, it's not about me just being a worthless drunk, being addicted to substance, whatever it might be, okay? The point was, is that I was being extremely disobedient. And, you know, I always told people that alcohol was a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug to other sin, and sin is a gateway drug to more sin. And that's what it is. You start sinning and you start operating in that space where you are willingly or even not willingly rebelling. Either one. Honestly, if you're operating in sin, you're operating in sin. It doesn't have to be willing or unwilling. You're just operating in sin. Let's look at it that way. Now, there are two different types of that when you willingly do it and you willingly wander. I mean, we can get into that maybe later on down the road. 
But when you're operating in sin, you're just opening up the door for more sin. And you think you're, and you're saying to yourself, well, isn't sin sin? Yeah, sin is sin, okay? It is. But there are a lot of different things when you're operating in the flesh that are detailed. And I would, I would point you to, to Galatians. Sometimes I like to say Galatians. I like to mispronounce things sometimes. If you go to Galatians 5.19, you can look at some of the acts of the flesh that Paul mentions. The acts of the flesh, okay? The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so now that, that should be... That should give you an idea of kind of if you're operating in any of those, you're operating in sin. All right. You're operating in sin and you're probably not going to inherit the kingdom of God. All right. So that's that's the that's the um that's the connecting factor here, folks. It's not that everybody has to be uh, a drunk or everybody has to have a drinking problem or everybody has to be lustful or everybody has to be greedy in order to relate to each other. Everybody's struggle is different. Okay, everybody's struggle is different. And for those that do have similar struggles, you know, this is when you should find support groups. This is when you should find people who are similar. All right. I want to ask you something, too. You know, we talk about we've talked a lot about Ephesians over the past year. And, uh, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. Right. We don't fight against flesh and blood. But our battle is against, uh, uh, you know, principalities and forces of dark nature. Uh, It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. And here's what I want to ask y'all sometimes. Okay. And this came to me the other day, you know, in my quiet time, kind of my Bible study time. And uh, I think it's pretty profound when you think about it, especially if you are trying to have some type of relationship with Christ and you are trying to live for the kingdom. All right. Keep hitting my face off the mic. Apologies. So do you ever wonder why your struggle and I, and I, and and I say this because everybody's like, oh, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Yeah. Then they're talking about waking up at seven o'clock in the morning for work. Let's go. Come on. But do you ever wonder why your struggle is so real? Think about that. Why is your struggle so real? Okay. And you need to step away outside of your space that you're comfortable in to think about this because what is going on in your life? What battles are you currently fighting that you don't even know about? You know, what are you struggling against and who are you going to for your support? If you're not in prayer about it and if you're not asking God for strength, for vision, for wisdom, for discernment on how to fight this, you're probably going to lose the battle. Okay. If you continue to struggle with the same thing, you haven't learned the lesson. Guess what? I'm guilty. I've been there. I was trying, I've, I've been taught the same lesson several times before I understood what the purpose of the trial was, what the purpose of the test was, and what God was trying to show me. And if you're continuing to struggle with this, you need to stop, you need to ask yourself a few questions, okay? Because first of all, if you're, if you're really at it, if you're really struggling, if you're really up against something, you need to understand what purpose do you have that is either in God's kingdom or what purpose could what purpose could you have had in God's kingdom and what is the consequence of you not being part of God's kingdom because this is a battle for every soul on the planet folks i can't stress that enough 
If we want to just continue to go around with your head in the clouds, guess what? You're going to end up in the dirt. If you're not going to acknowledge what's going on, and I'm not here trying to come from a place of correction and, you know, shaking my finger and pointing my finger at y'all or anybody really, but it's just, it's just so apparent of what is going on in this world. And I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox right now. It's just so apparent of what is going on in this world that the antichrist agenda, if it's not for God, it's against it. If it's breaking God's law, it's antichrist. If you don't agree with me, then take it up with the Bible, folks. If you want to continue to operate in the ways of this world, go for it. I am here to tell you the truth. I am not here to convince you. We all have free will. Remember, wide is the gate that leads to hell. It's going to be a wide road because there's going to be a lot of traffic on it. Narrow is the gate. The narrow gate. Okay? That's the one you want to go in. That's the one you want to go in. Okay? So your struggle is real because there's a battle for your soul. What value does your soul have? Okay? Because I'm going to tell you something. If you easily give up and you easily just roll over when something comes at, I I don't mean to say this to be um, rude, but you're not valuing your own self if you're just giving in and believing everything that is told to you. Okay? You're not. You're not giving yourself enough value. You're not seeking it out for yourself. If you're willingly submitting to anything, if you're willingly submitting to anything but Christ, you're not strong and you're not giving yourself enough value and you're giving up. And I'm, I'm talking to myself in the past right now because that's the truth. If you want to submit to something, submit to Christ. Yeah, guess what? It's going to require that you probably stop believing all of the propaganda that you've been told. It's probably going to require that you stop doing some of your favorite pastime activities that are just leading to death. It's going to require accountability on your end. And it's going to require that the spirit of offense, the spirit of pride, and the spirit of whatever else is in you has to go. And you need to replace that with the Holy Spirit. Remember the parable of the woman that had the evil spirit. Okay, she cleaned out. She cleaned out the house. Uh, you know, left the uh, the evil spirit left. She cleared him out. House was all clean, but she didn't fill it with anything. Guess what? Spirit came back with seven other spirits like itself. Said, "Man, we got a nice nice crib to live in. We just gonna we just gonna post up here." The spirit brought all of his friends with him. Okay, what's the what's the meaning of that? When you separate yourself from the world, when you separate yourself. From the things that are going on, you need to fill it with something pure. You need to fill it with something that is going to bring value. You need to fill it with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with God. You need to submit. Because when God shakes you, he's going to shake you. Okay? And, And true story, my story. June 2019, God shook me. He shook me with with grace and with mercy. And I can't stress the mercy enough. The mercy that God showed on me when he shook me in June of 19, I didn't deserve it. I definitely didn't earn it. Yet he still showed it to me because he loves me just like he loves you. You say, well, what, what kind of mercy do you, what kind of mercy do you mean that he gave you Z? Well, let me tell you something. When I was shook, 
I didn't lose my job. I didn't lose my house. Didn't lose my health. Didn't lose any money. Didn't lose any of my vehicles. Didn't lose my life. God shook me. I'm going to just, it's a, it was, I'll say it was the Wednesday after Father's Day in 2019. I'll have to look up the date. God shook me when I was working out and he brought me to my knees and I was crying. I got no problem admitting that. And if y'all, any, and, and, and y'all walk around with the bravado that I never cry and God ain't never done this or, or whatever, check yourself because I ain't got time for you. He shook me. I dropped to my knees and I was crying, sobbing. And that's when I knew the change had to come. And guess what? It was, I, I was slow rolling that change. Then in December 29th, 2019, that was the last time I had a drink. And since that point on, I've been able to hear God's word better. I've been able to hear his voice better. I've been in his word more. And that's because everything that you were doing when you get that sin, and, and I'm going to be I'm gonna be real with you. And if you don't like this, you need to check the receipts. Sin separates you from God. Because guess what, folks? That's why we need Jesus to get into heaven. Because he's the bridge, because our sin makes us so impure and it gives us so dirty. It separates us so far from the awesomeness and and purity of God that we need Jesus. We need Jesus because if he didn't come and he didn't get sacrificed, I don't know where we'd be, folks. I really don't even want to guess. I can't even think about it. But our sin separates us from God. When we operate in rebellion, when we operate in disobedience, we are operating outside of God's will for our lives. You know, God's will in a broad, painting with broad brushstrokes here, is for us to be obedient. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to serve him. But he gives us the free will to choose. He gives us the free will to choose. And And you can wander, but let me tell you something. When you wander... After you know the truth, you, you check Hebrews. You check Hebrews uh, ten twenty six. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifices, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So that's why we need to repent. That's why we need to operate in truth. That's why we need to understand that once you know the truth, once you understand what is going on in your life, and once you understand that basically you have been disobedient, you have been sinful, and that you need to repent. Repent and seek Christ, be born again, be baptized in the spirit and in water. You can check John 3 on that. That's what you need. Okay. Jesus came and he died for our sins. All right. And you know what else? He loves us. Because he has showed he has shown me grace and mercy that I could never expect. No other person on no other person on this planet has shown me the grace and the mercy that God has. Plain and simple. And you need to check that. You need to check that in your own life. God has never failed you. Man has failed you. And I mean that as humankind. Man has failed you. God has never failed you. If you want to walk around in rebellion, that's fine. That's your choice. That's that. Don't cast your pearls among swine, people. 
People want some people want to hear it. Some people don't. And again, the hard truth is everybody doesn't get in. And if you're caught walking around in rebellion, when uh, the clock runs out, you're gonna have some explaining to do, some explaining to do, just like we're all gonna have some explaining to do, you know. Verse that got me started on this. Verse that helped me out throughout my entire sobriety journey. The first one. The first verse that I will remember and I will attribute to. And there's it's a deeper verse than what we like to think. But 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And that's the truth. That is 100% the truth. And I used to think that a sober mind meant don't be drunk, don't be high. It does. But a sober mind also means don't be disobedient. Don't be consumed with anything that you are putting above God. Don't be consumed with a sinful lifestyle. Don't be consumed with idolatry. Have your mind set on things above. We talked about that. Keep your mind set on things above. Not on earthly things. That's having a sober mind. Because when you're confused, when your mind isn't sober, when your mind isn't focused on what God's promise is for you, what God's will is for your life, the devil is walking around seeking whom he may devour. And devour he will, folks. He devoured quite a few years of my life. I was willing, you know, I allowed it to happen. That's the beauty of it. We allow it to happen and we also can allow it to stop. We can also have it stop if we follow If we say, you know what, this world got nothing for me. And and sadly, we're all going to get to that point. And I'm going to tell you what, if you get to it when you're 75 and you realize that the world doesn't have anything to offer for you, but God's got it all to offer for you, that's a lifetime wasted, folks. That's a lifetime wasted. But you know what the good thing is? You know what the best thing about that is? Is that 75 years isn't nothing compared to eternity. 75 years isn't anything compared to eternity. So guess what? If you find out that God's the truth when you're five or when you're 75, you still got eternity to look forward to. The game ain't over. If you got breath in your lungs... You have the ability to repent and to turn back and to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. True story. But you got to be willing to pick up your cross to sacrifice the things that you probably love to do. Maybe they fall in a category that we talked about earlier in one of those categories. And you got to give it up and give it all to Christ. That's it, man. That's it. There is no other way around it. The bravado and the arrogance, drop it. Seeking man's approval, forget it. Because them same people that are going to validate you are the same people that's going to step on your head when they're trying to get up to their next point, whatever that might be. That's all I got. That's all I got. It's going to be a short one. Can I say? 
glory to God, man. Sober for three years. Glory to God. He brought me out of Babylon and allowed me to, uh, he, he, he showed me some grace and mercy. I'm going to tell you that much. He showed me some grace and mercy because, uh, I should have been dead plain and simple should have been dead several times, but guys, I'm going to keep him alive. I'm going to see what, I'm going to see what I can do with him. I'm going to see what I can see if we can get this to finally work. <laughs> you know, he said, I'm going to see if we could get it to work this time. Let's, let's, let's start over again. Let's break him down and start it over again. See if he listens this time. He didn't listen any other times. Hey, this has been a great year. This has been a really great year. I appreciate everybody that tunes in. I appreciate everybody that listens. I appreciate everybody that shares this. Hey, a uh, big shout out, Brother Ringer. Thank you for coming on over these past four months. Uh, it's been great. You've added a lot to this, and uh, I'm looking forward to what you bring to the table in 2023. Uh, big shout out to uh, my girlfriend, Nicole. She has put up with me for several years. Uh, she's put up with me through a lot of the drunk years. And more importantly, she's stuck by me through these uh, past three sober years, which uh, that's uh, that's that requires a lot of strength. So thank you. Um, and thanks, to, you know, big thanks. Just glory to God, man. I mean, he pulled me out. Glory to God. Glory to God, man. True story. Could not have done this. Tried to do it on my own. Never did. I'll never say that I got sober, man. God got me sober. God got me sober. And he spared me. And he he's continuing to work in my life. And just remember, he can work in yours. Um, Big shout out to all my friends who have been there for me. Big shout out to all my people, you know, Good, good Lord bless me with a lot of people, but a uh, big shout out to those who have stayed true. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. You guys have no idea how much your um, support means to me, uh, not only through this whole sobriety thing, but just through my journey uh, with Christ and the way that he has been operating in my life and changed me. Got some got some real ones that stuck around and, and really appreciate it. So thank you. And I love y'all. Uh, I hope everybody has a good kickoff to the new year. We're going to come back at it in 2023, and uh, the Lord has got some big stuff in store for us, and this is just the beginning. So thank you all. Love you. I'll talk to you.